1600 KIVA, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. I'm Eddie Aragon. Glad to be here with you for another edition of Life Imagined here in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. You're welcome to text in directly 550-5500. That's 550-5500 here in the 505. And we have Dr. William Summers, as always, here in the Kiva. Uh, Dr. Summers, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Another beautiful New Mexico day to stay indoors and not go outside. That's right. Let's go ahead and kick everything off with a <laughs> <laughs> let's kick everything off with a listener request. Lots of listeners. I get uh, three to four requests for your information personally every single week, and uh, it's very incredible. The shows really take off, take take taken off here, and I uh, appreciate you being here on the radio station. Uh, to do this show, but a listener request for the week to kick things off. Yeah, uh, we have a listener who uh, said, hey, expound more on ladies' health issues. Uh, go into talking about hot flashes, but I want to do a real uh, a simple quickie since everything you pick up, it's coronavirus this, coronavirus that, coronavirus this. One of the themes that we have on the show is you've got to be careful because propaganda is uh, slipping into the so-called scientific literature. And so I wanted to, you know, put people on full alert. A little over a month ago, June 11th, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science uh, put out an article by a Nobel Prize-winning chemist by the name of Mario Molina. He's at the University of San Diego. The way it works is, You uh, do your Nobel Prize uh, work, actually, at the University of Outback and know nothing. You get the Nobel Prize, and then the big universities like UCSD hire you to come there and uh, be sort of a doorstop. Well, this chemist decided he was going to get into health care, even though he's a Ph.D., and he came out with an article supporting Dr. Fauci. Does that sound like the party line? Yep. His conclusion was face masks, face masks are the most effective means to prevent transmission of COVID-19. Here's the news. The paper's been retracted. There were flaws and errors even in the way it was written. Wow. And uh, the sense that the data was just falsified. And uh, I, I think that's kind of cool. I'm still holding my position that the face mask, eh, you know, if you're elderly uh, and, uh, you know, you have some maladies that uh, you need, then they might be beneficial to you. But by and large, for the average citizen, actually, they give a false sense of confidence. They increase your uh, CO2 rebreathing. For people who do have cardiac issues and pulmonary issues, that makes it worse, not better. Uh, and overall, I would think the face masks are not that helpful. But back on the women's issues, hot flashes. Hot flashes, it was just considered an inconvenient part of being a girl. Yeah, hey, put up with it. (laughs) Okay. But in the uh, 1970s and 80s, a book came out entitled Forever Young by uh, Nicholas uh, Perricone. And Dr. Perricone, actually, uh, he has other books he's put out, but... He really is pushing a special diet and all this sort of thing. But unbeknownst to most people, Dr. Perricone was able to publish his book and get widespread distribution because he was supported by a a grant from Wyeth Ayres, the pharmaceutical company, that was putting out a drug called Estratest, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Estratest, huh? 
Yeah, it has testosterone in it and huh. estrogen. Okay. Interesting combination, but we'll get to it in just a second. Um, but let's talk. What is menopause? Well, menopause, first off, it doesn't have anything to do with us men, and it never pauses. <laughs> that's that's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. And uh, you're here all week. Anyway. So hot awesome. flashes. I, I got I to gotta put that out there, by the way. That's, uh, I won't miss that joke. Don't worry. Hot flashes are probably the most predominant symptom of menopause, the one that women remember along with night sweats. Additionally, there's vaginal dryness. There are mood swings and depression and forgetfulness and skin wrinkling. That's the part that really gets to girls. But in addition, the part that we don't talk about too much, menopause brings strokes, fractures of the hip, wrist, and spinal uh, column, Mm -hmm. and urinary incontinence. And those are the things that uh, really are part of menopause. Most people think, well, you're a girl, you're aging, these things happen. No, it's part of menopause. Um, And, you know, when that book came out, Forever Young, what it was pushing was, and you have to do your pharmaceutical hormones. They started with Premarin and drugs like that, which, as we talked about last week, are associated with downstream cancers. But then they uh, put out an FDA-approved. You remember how the FDA, they want to be able to say what a doctor can use a drug for. That is their, you know, their, their wet dream, so to speak. Well, this particular compound was an esterified estrogen, which is associated with girls' uh, cancers, breast cancer, et cetera, and methyl testosterone. That's right, girls, testosterone. They put the methyl on it so you can take it as a pill by mouth. As an, and the FDA indication for that drug was hot flashes. Well, the part they didn't tell you about was methyl testosterone is the same stuff that athletes use to bulk up. It's what you do to be able to better hit a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. What they also didn't tell you was methyl testosterone in women especially causes liver failure, liver cancer, blood clots, heart attacks, and strokes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think that uh, we say, okay, well, what can we do about the hot flashes? I mean, uh, seriously, what do we do today? Yeah, what do we do? I, I have no clue. I'm not in that realm, and I hope to never be. Well, Sorry uh, about that. Yeah, no we, offense. we go back to bioidentical hormones. Okay, the bioidentical hormones not only lice the hot flashes, they keep your bones strong, so you decrease the likelihood of the hip fractures and the spiral fractures that you see with these uh, so-called uh, bone medicines that are official pharmaceuticals. And it improves the skin. And it brings your moods back to normal. Uh, But now a little caveat, the way we do it over there in the clinic is we try to imitate Mother Nature. And what that means is we only give the bioidentical hormones on day 1 through 25. The remainder of the month, all of you ladies are off of them. Why? Well, the answer is I don't know why, other than the fact that that's the way Mother Nature cycles the hormones. So when the estrogen goes up and one has their period, bam, you know, estrogen drops to very low levels. Uh, and the progesterone actually is the trigger that sets off ovulation. And 
So what we do with the bioidentical hormones is we use them day 1 through 25, and we give the body a rest for the remainder of the month. And what we think and what we believe is that this is associated with, again, decreased likelihood of cancer. And the whole thing with bioidentical hormones is the long game, not the short game. But the short game, you get rid of the uh, the hot flashes. And that, of course... And is, that's really troublesome, I'm assuming, for women, right? Those hot oh, flashes? Oh, yes, absolutely. What is it, was it, it prevent them from sleeping, prevent them from... I had a friend who like was... Like their mood uh, swings, I know that. You know, had a, a friend who's a neuroscientist uh, that I knew back in the 90s at uh, Cornell. And she was doing work showing that when a woman has a hot flash, what's going on is eight or 10,000 neurons in that girl's brain Woo! just died. And again, wow, that's a, remember, lot of, remember, a lot of soldiers. Yeah, well, we have two billion we start off with. But uh, the thing is, is that remember that part of menopause is Alzheimer's. Women get Alzheimer's more frequently than us guys do. Is that right? And why, part why of it I never may heard be that, Doctor Summers. That's troubling. Yeah, they actually get almost twice as often as oh guys do. Um, and so the thing is, is that her hypothesis, and I haven't really checked on her work in the past uh, decade, but uh, her hypothesis was was uh, menopause was the start of Alzheimer's for women in women. What she was doing was collecting women with particularly troublesome hot flashes, and she was going to follow them to see if they didn't get Alzheimer's at a you know, much higher rate. I just uh, never got the final outcome. But her feeling was those hot flashes are a signal going through the midbrain where you set body temperature, and that it was a sign that you were losing neurons at that very moment in the central nervous system. Kind of scary thought. But, How many hot flashes do women get in a day? You know, it varies a when, great when deal. Go, some like, women get none. Uh, but some women, it's a hot flash every half hour on the hour. And you'll see those gals. They'll have a fan at their desk at work blowing across their face. Um, and always an ice drink and that sort of thing. 20 to 30 times a day. 4 to 5 to 20 to 30 is what mm -hmm. they get. At 8,000, uh, what did you say? The neurons, the number that they're killing? Uh, well, it was like the old thing we learned in medical school. Every time you took a shot of scotch, you killed uh, five to 10,000 neurons in the central nervous system. Uh, but that was, uh, she was Can women playing have off hot of flashes for 22 years? Actually, they're usually gone in five to 15 years, or they're mollified or calmed down, or okay. they've become so frustrated. That, Those you gals said two with, billion, two billion, right? Two billion what? Neurons in the center. okay. So you said eight to ten thousand of them are getting killed off at each time. Mm. They have a hot flash. Is that correct? Yep. And then okay, you so run I the math. I'd run the math. I did this, and yep. uh, generally, at thirty times a day, there it takes twenty-two point eight three years for them to burn off all those neurons. So they burn off a significant well, amount. Well, in before. addition, you are making neurons at a rate of around five hundred thousand to a million a year. So you have to add and subtract. But uh, okay. It, it's a balanced thing, but the main thing is if you're having 30 hot flashes, you're going to go talk to somebody because women know there are answers for hot flashes out there. And the best, safest answer is, of course, bioidentical hormones. And what you do is you try to load to, again, there's E1, E2, E3. E1 is pro-cancer. After the ovaries shut down, 
it is the estrone or the E1 that's made by the fat cells that ultimately gain enough uh, estrone to uh, shut down the hot flashes. But it's unsafe because down the road that means greater likelihood of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, etc. But the trick with bioidentical hormones is to load it with E3, estriol. That's the form of estrogen that is highest in pregnant women. And pregnant women just don't get cancer. Uh, in large part, that's because the principle or the dominant estrogen in a pregnant female human is estriol. And that's the one you try to lean on a little bit more when you do your bioidentical hormones because you don't want cancers. Anyway, that's, uh, you know, kind of hopefully will answer a little bit about hot flashes to the listener. Well, we'll get to uh, another subject momentarily, but first let's talk a little bit about the wonderful product that we have, Memory Vitalizer and the Life Imagined. I take it. I want you to take it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call 800-606-0192. You can pick it up locally as well at Little Moses Country Store, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, and the Evergreen Herbal Market. You can also go to the Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, one of my favorite words, apothecary. Vitasprings.com, MemoryVitalizer.net, or again, pick up the phone, dial direct, 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. Dr. Summers also has an alternative health clinic. He'll see you as a patient. It's a private pay clinic, direct pay, with innovative approaches to non-opiate control of chronic pain syndrome, alternative approaches to cardiovascular health, anti-aging and bioidentical hormones, memory and brain dysfunction issues, and second opinions. Just mention me, The Rock of Talk. And you get a 25% discount, which is kind of nice, 225 instead of 300 Call 505-878-0192. That's 878-0192. Let's talk about, uh, well, Wilford Brimley isn't the only person talking about it. Also, we are diabetes. Yes, diabetes, shortcuts, little things you can do from home that you don't have to have a prescription pad for. Uh, the first thing, of course, my number one response is an official coffee drinker is coffee. Yes, indeed. It's what's called a theobromide. And that's a family of chemicals that are found in cocoa. Hence, it's also seen in chocolate. It's also seen in tea. And in caffeine, it has a little extra methyl group. Uh, that makes it just a little bit different. And the studies of coffee, I mean, people try to criticize coffee right, left, and in between. As we said uh, last week, sadly, uh, women who have fibrocystic uh, breast disease, coffee apparently is associated with making that worse. But most things, it makes it better because coffee is actually a complex blend of uh, alkaloids, of chemicals, found in plants that are antioxidant in effect. Okay. And in addition, they also have very strong anti-diabetic effects so that they are known to push back. You may get your diabetes because you got Uncle Charlie and you got Aunt Mabel and you got Grandpa uh, Fred and all of those people have diabetes and, you know, your time will come, but the coffee will push it back. That is pretty established in the literature. Um, when we talk about diabetes, there are a couple of hacks, real quick tricks you can do, and the first one is cinnamon. Good old-fashioned cinnamon that you find in your kitchen, in the spice rack, 
And uh, you can also buy capsules of cinnamon, 500 milligrams in a capsule. And the cinnamon is kind of interesting. It has a flavonoid. That's a, a chemical that is an antioxidant called methyl hydroxychalcone. And that one sort of imitates insulin. doesn't work precisely the way insulin does, but it works synergistically with the insulin you're making in your body and it works synergistically with insulin you might be taking if you're a diabetic. And uh, because it works on a different pathway, they can be used together. But uh, when you start looking in the Internet and you say what things are good, what uh, health supplements are good for diabetes, I'm going to name a few things here rather quickly, and each of these components is a component memory revitalizer. Now, we put together a memory revitalizer to make for healthy brains. But when you check the literature and say what uh, herbals and what vitamins are good for diabetes, the first one that will come up will be niacin and nicotinamide, and that's in memory revitalizer. And then you'll find alpha-lipoic acid, which is in memory revitalizer. And then you'll see literature saying CoQ10 is good for diabetes, and guess what? It's in memory revitalizer. And how about vitamin E? Well, if it is the mixed tocotrienols, not just the alpha tocotrienol, but all eight of the different forms of vitamin E, it is very helpful in diabetes, and guess what? It's in memory revitalizer. Or how about magnesium, zinc, or copper? All three of those are in memory revitalizer. And then there's manganese. So really, it's almost as if the memory revitalizer formula was designed to uh, help people who might have diabetes in their future agenda. Um, and, you know, just as a general observation, over the 20 years that I've been seeing patients who've been on the revitalizer, diabetes is relatively rare. So uh, that may be a reason why. I mean, I can only speculate, but I can't say with great certainty. But it certainly looks that way. Well, here's another one that's suggested, uh, and that is berberine, B-E-R-B-E-R-I-N-E. And uh, actually, it's found in a number of different plants. Uh, preferably, uh, you pull it from the Berberis vulgaris, which is the barberry bush. And then there's a Barbaris aristata, which is a termac tree. So it's found in termac or Indian cooking. It's also found in the Oregon grape, also in golden seal, and in California poppies. But burbane is found usually in the roots or the stems or the bark of whatever plant that it's found in. And the fascinating thing about burbane is it is identical in its action to metformin, a very common drug for diabetes. Uh, the usual dose is 500 milligrams of burbane twice a day. It's a little hard to find, but it's out there. Uh, they actually use it in Chinese medicine. It's called, oh, I'll butcher this one, but it's Honglen, H-U-A-N-G-L-I-A-N, Honglen. And it's been used in China for over a thousand years. Imagine using a herbal that is 
acts identical to a pharmaceutical called metformin in China a thousand years ago. Wow. The other interesting thing is that Burbank does suppress appetite a bit, and it's associated with a modest weight loss, but frankly, so is uh, metformin. Um, the take-home lesson here, folks, is diabetes, actually the best thing you can do for it is eliminate every form of sugar that you can think of. I mean, get rid of the pancake syrup. That's it for the ice cream. No more hot fudge. I mean, this is very sad, but it's true. This is a disease of sugar. Um, there is a, a wonderful book by Gary Taub, um, a writer, science writer for the New York Times, which I usually don't read, but this gentleman actually knows his stuff. And he wrote a book, The Case Against Sugar, uh, about five or six years ago. And it is written almost like a lawyer establishing a case for a grand jury to go arrest the sugar industry and take them to court. Uh, but, I mean, they talk about, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how the sugar in industry was uh, putting so-called nonprofit money into science and bending the science to say that the reason that Americans are chubby is not because they buy Coca-Cola, uh, it's because uh, they sit at home and are couch potatoes. But sugar, he, you know, I mean, for example, uh, diabetes essentially did not exist until introduction of confectionery sugar to the Western world in the 1800s and the 1700s. Up until that time, diabetes was considered an exceptionally rare disease. Now it's one of the most common diseases in America. And he puts that right on sugar, uh, refined sugar. And it, it's a brilliant book. I strongly recommend it to you folks. But let's talk about vegetables. Let's talk about vegetables <laughs> and viruses. How are these even related, Dr. Summers? This doesn't make any sense. And uh, uh, by the way, I don't actually know what bok choy is. Uh, Would you mind telling me what bok choy is? I, you know, it's a Korean thing, and it comes, it can be very, very spicy, and it's basically a form of cabbage. Uh, it is uh, in the mustard family, which is a brassica vegetable. But uh, it turns out, now, last week we were talking about estrogen, whether it's estriol, estradiol, or estrone, first gets metabolized in one of two directions. It either goes in a 2-hydroxy direction, becomes 2-hydroxyestrone, or it goes in a 16-hydroxy at the 16 position, an oxygen and a hydrogen are attached, and that would be a 16-hydroxyestrone or estradiol or estriol. And when it's metabolized in a 16-hydroxy direction, uh, that's uh, a bad thing. When it's uh, going in a 2-hydroxy direction, that's a good thing because down the road, the 2-hydroxys prevent cancer and the 16-hydroxys cause cancer. Or it looks that way. Well, it turns out if you eat the mustard family bok choy or the Brussels sprouts or the broccoli or the cabbage, uh, guess what, girls? You shift that ratio to where you're making more of the good metabolites of estrogen, the 2-hydroxy ones, as opposed to the 16-hydroxys. So if you uh, eat a lot of bok choy, 
are a lot of Brussels sprouts, you're decreasing your likelihood of girl cancers, mostly uh, breast cancer. But you can take the uh, component that they feel causes this protection. It's called Indol-3 Carbonol, and you can actually buy that online and take it as a pill. That is, if you absolutely hate cabbage and it gives you bad gas, I suppose you wow. could take a pill of the uh, Indol-3 Carbonol. And, There's some unsavory uh, parts of this show, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. I'm not, I'm not sure what, what, sure what you're trying to do to me, Dr. Summers, but... Yeah, we well the the shortcut for people who don't like excessive gas from the cabbage. <laughs> you know, I, I think, can't think of the last time I actually had cabbage, as, other than corned beef and cabbage, which was some time ago for a St. Patrick's Day. Maybe it's mandatory. Five in seven, uh, five seven <laughs> years ago. Not for us. I'm not Irish. Uh, well, coleslaw, coleslaw is cabbage. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's uh, red cabbage and green cabbage. See how much I know? I just know it as coleslaw. I don't even know what's in it. Uh, How about uh, any science uh, to report this week? (laughs) I'll tell you, it's almost stomped out by the coronavirus propaganda. Uh, But there is a report uh, in the uh, uh, cell research, and it's by the Chinese. And it does have a political slant. But... This Chinese person, uh, Min Shang Wang, Min Sha Wang, uh, from the Chinese Academy of Science, uh, the Kuming Institute, published a paper showing for definite and for sure that the lowly chicken was uh, had its start in southern China. <laughs> that. They're the ones who tamed it and bred it and turned it into what it is today. What is it today? Well, it's the largest source of animal protein that humans eat. And they outnumber us. There are 24 billion chickens on the planet. (laughs) And I'm sure somebody will be concerned about the methane created by the chicken poop. But... uh, it was important for the Chinese to uh, to establish for sure through genetics, which makes it sound even more scientific, that 7,500 years ago, I'm sure to the date, that southern China was the source of the domestication of the simple chicken. Frankly, uh, this thought process, uh, to me, the definitive paper was well over a decade or two ago. And uh, it was using uh, some sophisticated genetics as well, but not from the Chinese uh, uh, Academy of Science. And what it showed was basically was Indochina, what we call Thailand or Vietnam today. Uh, They were these little uh, birds that were kind of like pheasants running around in the jungle. And they were caught and domesticated uh, in Indochina. But the Chinese are now claiming they're the ones who did it. You know, at one time the Chinese claimed to have the oldest person on the planet, the first three-headed person. And they were they were setting all kinds of records that uh, brought pride to China. <laughs> and China this looks like the, another one of those. That's a great bluster. By the way, folks, you can pick up Memory Vitalizer and Life Imagine directly at local stores. Including Moses Country Store, Durant Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market, and the Village Apothecary and Cedar Crest. You can go to VitaSprings.com, MemoryRevitalizer.net, or pick up the phone and dial direct 800 606 
800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. I've been sleeping pretty decently uh, these days. I, of course, I have two things. Let me show you. Sure, absolutely. Wanted to talk about an acquaintance of mine who's a bit of a there cynic. You go, by the way. Ah. There's the, uh, there's the uh, OSHA. Got the mm-hmm. new OSHA, which I ordered. I got the two-ounce bottle, by Ooh, the way. The, the giant economy and size. And then the, uh, the uh, sleep uh, aid. This is better than taking melatonin by pill. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the taste triggers my brain to notice sleep even before this hits the bloodstream. It's Pavlovian. Is that what it is? <laughs> well, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but a cynic acquaintance of mine uh, uh, was asked by his uh, physician to uh, get a sleep study. Now, I've been pretty suspicious of sleep studies for years. They're I was, advertised all over the place. Yeah. I swear, there's a sleep study, like, everywhere. Uh-huh. In papers, magazines, you get uh, drop-downs for them. What I noticed was any time I referred people for a sleep study... Uh, what happened was almost invariably the recommendation came back that they needed a CPAP machine. In fact, it was with such frequency, I thought that the sleep uh, centers were actually uh, used uh, CPAP machine salesmen. I mean, it just it's, they never saw a sleep study that didn't require a CPAP machine. Now, that said, I have had many patients over the years that snore, that go into periods of no breathing, that their wives are scared to death. Did and you then, say no breathing? Yeah, they just stop breathing for oh, a while. Breathing. It's, called, it's okay. called Shane Stokes breathing, where you go, uh, <sighs> and then you just stop. For that sounds terrible. X number of seconds, you desaturate, and the brain says, time to breathe again. And it scares the heck out of the uh, wives and children. But there are a lot of people who are just sent for sleep studies simply because they're chubby. The original thing was called Pickwickian syndrome. Uh, You had to be overweight to have that uh, Shane Stoke uh, breathing and the brain damage that's done from the periods of lack of oxygen to the brain while you sleep. Uh, but now everybody has it, whether you're thin, whether you're uh, fat, whether you're chubby. Um, and uh, they make a big point. Well, you don't have to necessarily snore. Whereas uh, before, uh, to get the diagnosis, snoring was a very big part of it. And uh, so everybody's getting sent off to these various sleep centers. Well, this uh, acquaintance of mine is a bit of a cynic. And uh, the new gizmo is you go to your house and you have this little computerized watch-like device that you put on your wrist that measures blood pressure and pulse. And then you have a little extension that you fit over the finger, usually the little finger, and that'll read the oxygen content and correlate it to time. And then you have a little extension that you put up over the trachea on your chest, and that'll tell you how you're breathing and, you know, whether you stopped breathing. And, and oh, it's, it's whiz-bang, and it's connected to computers. And in the morning, you push a button, and it automatically finds the Internet, and it uh, goes uh, and uh, turns out a beautiful report. And by golly, it's better than the old days when you had to go into a, a foreign place where you had uh, strange pillows and strange beds and struggle with leads stuck on you all, o- all over the place. 
So this is new and improved, and uh, the the person dispensing it has a B.S., a bachelor in science, and he didn't have any uh, particular other credentials. Um, but uh, he was a bachelor of science, or either that or B.S. So the cynic friend decided, heck with it. I'm going to be up working my computer for the next eight hours. I'll just put all this stuff up. And he put it all on and continued to work on his computer quietly and turned it in as if he had been asleep. And here's the report. Findings were consistent with severe obstructive sleep apnea. And then it gives the magic code that uh, the AMA puts out. It's a G47.33. And then it says, central sleep apnea. Shane Stokes respirations noted. And on the the phone report from the technician, he was told that he had severe desaturations. His brain was getting damaged as he slept. But in the official report, it was signed off by a, a sleep specialist, M.D., it says mild desaturations were noted. The recommendations, are you ready for this? Yep. Wait. Consider continuous positive pressure CPAP as the initial treatment choice. Weight loss might benefit to reduce. Now, how could those devices hooked up to them say weight loss? <laughs> Again, it goes back to the original Pickwickian syndrome was felt to be due to uh, obesity, semi-morbid obesity that uh, occurs in especially men uh, after uh, their menopause. <laughs> we should probably talk about menopause. There actually is one. Anyway, so it has I just to do with I, men, and uh, there is no pause. It has a lot to do with men, and by the time men are in their seventies, they catch up with the girls in terms of pathological fractures. But we'll we'll save that as a topic for next week. But I I went online. And I said, you know, uh, my friend was uh, probably not the only person who's a cynic about the uh, sleep uh, labs and the hundred almost hundred percent recommendation for selling a machine. And uh, so I went online, and by golly, the lawyers are on to it, Eddie. Uh, here is a quote from one of their websites. Companies providing diagnostic tests such as sleep labs and durable medical equipment uh, such as CPAPs have been accused of fraudulent billing of the government health care programs, including Medicare. Lawsuits under false claims acts have been filed, and whistleblowers with evidence of improper billing of Medicare can file a quotam lawsuit and be eligible for a reward between 15 to 30 percent of the government's recovery under law. And then they make the note of the, the simple fact that between 2001 and 2009, there was an increase in Medicare payments for sleep studies of 3,700 percent, Eddie, 3,700 percent increase. From sixty-two million to two hundred and thirty-five million, just for the study, and now sleep apnea industry is a thirty billion dollar a year industry. That's insane. When you've got that much money floating around, you're going to have some so increased four times abuse. in a period of eight years. Yes, exactly. And they're saying, well, there can be improper billing. There can be kickbacks, arrangement between the sleep labs and the physicians 
who uh, are selling these CPAP machines. There can be unlicensed employees that uh, there have to be employees licensed for sleep studies or that the facility is un, you know, unapproved. My friend did the study at home in his own house, just working on the computer, and I have a feeling that's an unapproved facility for sleep studies. Anyway, and uh, if one uh, blows the whistle and goes to this set of attorneys, by golly, you're protected uh, from retaliation. Uh, that uh, protects whistleblowers. But I thought I'd just toss that one out there because it is, you know, it's very, very common for people to get these things, and you need to be cautious about it. If you're not snoring, you'd be a little suspicious. Uh, I wonder if uh, there aren't going to be more people do as my friend and then just stay wide awake and hook up these devices and see if it doesn't come back saying, oh, you have severe sleep apnea. You, you killed off so much of your brain last night where you thought you were sleeping. But, you know, on the other hand, in their defense, I have people who actually have sleep apnea, and for them, the CPAP machine is a godsend. They swear by it. It totally makes their life, uh, it totally turns around their life in dramatic ways, so we should probably talk about that next week. By the way, uh, folks, you can uh, go ahead and uh, schedule some time with Dr. Summers. You can go to the Alternative Health Clinic. It's a private pay clinic. Mention me, the Rock of Talk, and he has innovative approaches to non-opiate control of chronic pain, alternative approaches to cardiovascular health, anti-aging and bioidentical hormones, memory and brain dysfunction issues, and for any second opinion, all you have to do is give a call, 878-0192. That's 878-0192. Mention me, the Rock of Talk, and get a 25% discount. Let's talk uh, uh, very quickly about, uh, well, I know we covered the science report for the week and, and all the, the rest of the stuff with regard to um, sleep apnea and the, the sleep studies, but uh, you wanted to talk uh, very quickly about unapproved facilities? <laughs> unapproved facilities. Yeah, Medicare, uh, they, like the FDA, any governmental agency wants to have a monopoly. Um, and the FDA, for example, as we were explaining earlier in the show, wanted a monopoly on what medicines should be used for hot flashes, and the one they specifically approved turned out to be toxic for uh, for women to stop hot flashes. By the same token, Medicare would like to control every doctor's office, where it is, what happens inside of it, every aspect of it, what time I suppose it opens up, what time it closes, uh, probably even who, what the salaries are, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Medicare uh, has approved uh, sleep labs, and uh, I presume there are unlicensed sleep labs out there somewhere. Uh, that are more under the control of the state health agencies as opposed to Medicare. But Medicare is the principal licensors. Like, uh, for example, if you get a laboratory test, that laboratory test must be run in what's called a CLIA lab. In other words, it's been certified under CLIA, which is a federal uh, certification that that lab is being run in a proper way. And they do inspections on them the way they do inspections on hospitals, nursing homes, and other facilities. But apparently sleep labs likewise uh, have to undergo a certain amount of rigor. 
And, uh, you know, I really, until I started researching this, didn't realize that was the case. So I've learned a bit here. Incidentally, one quick hack here, a throwaway. What's the best way to stop a cough in a child? What is that? Give it some honey. Honey. Honey is good for everything, doctor. A little bit of honey. There was a study uh, that was uh, reported out in the Daily Mirror this week from Oxford University where they simply used honey instead of antibiotics and over-the-counter sleeping pills, Robitussin, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to stop coughs. And there are a couple of interesting things. They stop coughs 36% of the time in patients simply using honey, a little bit of honey and water. And they also reduced the severity of the cough when you had it by 44%. And it was superior to cough drops, et cetera, et cetera, which oftentimes do contain some honey. Uh, but the more important thing is they noted that honey has both antibacterial and antiviral uh, components in it. So it actually find they find that under a typical upper respiratory tract infection, uh, whatever flu bug is floating through the community, you recover two days faster than if you don't use honey. So there is a quick, inexpensive, Very interesting. Keep, it, keep it in the kitchen. When you get your flu this year or your coronavirus, start with honey and zinc and, of course, hydroxyquinolone or chloroquine. Well, you can't get the, uh, you, you know that you can't get the prescription for that. I've got several people who are getting denied the prescription. We have one doctor who's prescribing it on the air, Dr. Gardner, and uh, you cannot pick up the prescription. And I wonder what was the governmental mechanism of making that happen. No, I think it's just an independent uh, push by each of the uh, corporate uh, people, Walgreens, CVS, um, Costco, I think, is that they have a pharmacy as well. They're they're not administering it. They're just not going to hand it out at all. They're just going to go by the uh, edicts of the state. So, you know, they're a little political. We've been prescribing. How long have we been prescribing uh, hydroxychloroquine? Uh, really, since February. <laughs> but before that. Yes. How long we oh, were oh, prescribing. The, the, it's something we yeah, always it's been around around 60 years. Yeah, 60 years. We never had a problem with it before. So there's 100 million doses that are on the sidelines that can't be prescribed. Don't you think that that's criminal? I think that what the FDA is doing here is criminal, but they're accustomed to getting away with criminal behavior uh, as a federal agency that seems to have Nobody that calls them to task. Well, how can you uh, keep a non-governmental organization honest? I, you know, I, I, I've, for some time I've felt that the solution to the FDA is cut their... They have a budget of over $2 billion a year. It's okay. staggering. First thing you do is you cut their budget 20%. Uh, they control one... Well, 25% of every dollar spent in America, they control it whether it happens or doesn't happen. You mean through the administration of the health care system? Well, it's far more than that. You have an electronic device. This microphone has to be UL. UL, yeah. But UL is a division of FDA. If you're going to have cigarettes, alcohol, tobacco, and they've even uh, gotten themselves involved in firearms. So they're a very um, almost metastatic organization uh, by taking over tobacco, they were literally stealing uh, a chunk of authority away from the Department of Agriculture. But uh, the point is, is that the the FDA um, 
they have tremendous, tremendous power. Uh, they're, they're fascistic, and they pick winners and losers. Well, what's the best solution to that? Well, you have competition. You charter three or four other organizations that would be private or a nonprofit that could approve drugs, um, that could approve uh, medical devices. And so then if the FDA is slow-poking it, as they're doing with the hydroxyquinolone, oh, there's a new study out, oh, uh, it doesn't work, well, that was a, a bunch of baloney, uh, and that one will be thrown out as well. I mean, it's like the Lancet study where it actually had to be retracted. It was so bad. Um, the one that said hydroxychloroquine didn't work. Well, the the most recent one, what they did was they took a bunch of people who had rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, et cetera, who were already on the hydroxyquinolone and said, oh, um, they're, uh, you know, getting uh, COVID virus just about as frequently as everybody else. So you can't use it for prevention, but it's very, very just cursorily looking at the study. It's just another one of those political quote, scientific studies that should be thrown out. Yeah. But there's a lot of politics going on around There is an program. awful lot of politics involved in our health care, but if you want to see Dr. William Summers, there's no politics with him. All you have is a private pay alternative health clinic. You can see him immediately. Pick up the phone, dial 878-0192, 878-0192. He has innovative approaches to non-opiate control of chronic pain, alternative approaches to cardiovascular health, anti-aging and bioidentical hormones, as well as memory and brain dysfunction, Issues, he'll handle all that, as well as second opinions. And mention me, the Rock of Talk, get a 25% discount instead of 300 225 and you're set to go. And all you have to do is do is pick up the uh, phone and dial 878-0192. Don't forget to take Memory Revitalizer. So many of you, uh, so many of our listeners, I can't tell you, I get uh, one or two texts a week of uh, people telling me how much they enjoy this, how they see the benefits. I had a handwritten note this week about uh, just how awesome it was and Folks, you want to get Memory Revitalizer and Life Imagined at Moses Country Store, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, and the Evergreen Herbal Market, as well as the Village of Bothgary in Cedar Crest. You can also visit the website, vitasprings.com, memoryrevitalizer.net, or order direct, 800-606-0192. Dr. Summers, see you same time, same place next week. Absolutely. Let's talk men's health next time. We will. All right. <laughs> thanks for being here. Okay. 